Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 237 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, Commander Phoenix Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Mosswoodwood, Commander Aid Levice. I'm being having to be very careful that I don't fly into this puckered-up black hole here. Uh, followed by our chief bar steward, Grant Psycho Carol Wilcott. Good evening, everyone. Get your nuts off me bear. Uh, we also have our deputy trade attaché, attaché Commander Souverine. Hello. And our inhuman resources, inhuman resources director, Commander. Is he Shem. a monkey? If he's a rhesus monkey. A rhesus monkey, yes. Hello. Um, and yes, dear listener, Souverine has said he will buy me a drink at Lavecom if I can mention Guild Wars 2 and Brexit in the same sentence. So I just did, so I'll have a drink, thanks. Very well done, Shan. Game. Gamed. <laughs> uh, do we have the negativity ready, Commander Wolcott? Uh, yes. I'm d- I had to adjust it and drop it 16 levels into the minus. Uh, we also have joining with us is someone who's who's driving us basically round the bend, or rather round a planet. We have Commander Alec Turner. Breaker ten four. We have ourselves a convoy. Yes. So um, we we'll have our um, we'll explain while Alex with us, and hopefully later on we'll be joined by Zana Till from the. Uh, Operation IDA, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and fingers crossed, we might also hear from a certain Commander Thane who might be joining us later as well. So, um, as everybody is away on uh, Distant Worlds 2, we will be uh, not doing anything in the game itself. But if you wish, you can join us um, in the Twitch chat channel, uh, which you can access through Livery com slash live click on the live chat and of course we're live on twitch tv slash live radio hello to everybody in the chat room so uh we'll just quickly go around and see how everybody is doing so we will start with well we haven't heard from him for so long and i know everybody wants to know commander psycho cow how have you been uh, um, been good actually. Obviously, I was away on uh, on business last week, so that was exciting and different. Was that last week? It was a week before? It was a week before, I think, wasn't it? I think it was a week before. Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure then. I don't know what I've been up to. <laughs> last week. Have you been doing it? <laughs> last week's a bit of a blur. The bathroom wise, um, what's going on in the bathroom? Right. Okay. Well. Today we cut tiles for the floor to finish the floor, which we're hoping to finish on Thursday. Once that floor is done on Thursday, then um, we hope to start on the wall section. If I don't get it done before ECM, then I'm not allowed to go. So I need to get it functioning to some degree before uh, April 20th. So that's the challenge. Um, yeah, just tons of tons of little bits and pieces. I mean, the meeting down south with our licensor for the gorgeous stuff was was a brilliant meeting and it's just spurned on so much extra work. Uh, Moof is now well on to his new medication um, and then I think he's due another um, dose tomorrow so he is responding, it's a slow one, um, 
it's a medication that requires to be constantly monitored as well so uh, we'll see how he gets on but he's beginning to feel kind of a, an improvement there so fingers crossed that will continue as for um, getting five minutes oh yeah I was away when I was away I took the shadow box with me before I left it was laggy as hell for whatever reason don't know what was going on and I wanted to test it over a mobile phone network and see whether or not it's a, a nice way to sort of travel and take a gaming PC if you're away in a hotel or whatever. You know, for those kind of circumstances, I thought, great way to test it. Take it with me. Try it in the hotels. What a feckin' pain in the arse that was. Um, mobile phone networks are just not steady enough. They're too interchangeable so you know where it works one minute the next minute it's a pain in the arse and uh, I think there was an issue with my shadow account as well which they very quickly logged in said we've made some tweaks that should improve it and it very much did and in our last hotel I was able to play some uh, games that don't have anything in the way of say check skill checks and stuff they're too they, you know, the latency was too much over the mobile network and uh, since I've come back it's working great as well so it is a great bit of kit I just need to try and work out whether or not because my phone was O2 but my wife's phone was Virgin and it had a more stable connection but still not perfect well, for, hang on, Virgin was more stable than O2? yeah where we were Bloody hell. I know um it was, but it was. I felt it was a worthwhile experience. I mean, I was most of the time I'd log in, get really peed off because the video would just break up, and it was rubbish. Not something I'd experienced on Shadow before, but we got there. We got there. Excellent. Okay, Ben, quickly jumping about Shadow. I was actually I was watching something about Shadow the other day, and well, I was thinking about Shadow the other day and wondering what would a LAN party with shadow boxes be like? Very hard on the Wi-Fi, I would have thought. Possibly, but, you know, you know, I was just thinking, going to a LAN party, everyone's thinking along there, absolutely freaking epic rigs and all that kind of stuff, and it looks awesome. But could you imagine just rocking up there with that wee box and mouse, keyboard, and one, and maybe a monitor? I'll tell you what, it'd be a lot freaking cooler. It wouldn't be like the sort of steam room oven. Yeah. That it normally would be, but um, I'm not sure. I, mean, this is, I don't know. This is the kind of thing I'd love to see Shadow actually. Oh, you know what? It wouldn't monstering. work. It wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because um, oh, sorry. I'm, there's me jumping to the word LAN. Of course, most of these games now are played over Steam and stuff, but local network mm-hmm. um, doesn't quite function with that because you're connecting to the internet to a remote machine. Okay, yeah. Well, by, I'm not meaning. Let's all play a LAN game or something like that, and meaning like going to Insomnia or something like that, and having a room full of say a hundred shadow boxes. Well, I mean, you could probably I mean, the, the, instead of a hundred desktop PCs. They haven't designed it in such a way that you could vest mount it to a back of a screen, which would make it you know you could basically put a That'd screen be, yeah. into a into a briefcase, would, and that would be your. It would turn it into an iPad. It would turn it into an iMac, basically. Yeah. I thought transparent acrylic sides and neon lights were essential to go to a LAN party with the rig. So does the shadow True. box actually have blingy lights and things? I was charging five pounds for a suntan. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, uh, what have you got, or what have you done for the last week or so? 
Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, I've been obviously I've been out in Distant Worlds too. Um, I've actually I've been playing Shadowrun. Um, I've really I've been really enjoying Shadowrun. Um, I finished Shadowrun Dragonfall Director's Edition, whatever it is, and just started playing Shadowrun Hong Kong. Um, and I, I've got a dirty little secret to admit to as well that I noticed over the weekend. I, I kind of loaded up the Epic Games Launcher, which is another story all in its own rights. Uh, and not the Epic one, sorry, the Blizzard games, the Blizzard uh, launcher. Um, <clears throat> and I saw that World of Warcraft had a free weekend. So I went off and I did their free weekend opener for their new, for the, the new expansion thing. Uh, and it, it was kind of nice dusting off my character that I've not played since 2000 and three or four or something silly like that. Um, that was kind of nice, but it was also... Yeah, it's still World of Warcraft, basically. And I'm doing my best not to dive back into it. Mm. Uh, I, I did I, notice that... I never played World of Warcraft. Okay. Uh, I did notice that Helen's in it. Uh, Floss, Flossie plays War, Warcraft, because she was talking to me on the Blizzard chatty thing. Yeah. Um... So I was talking talking a wee bit with her, um, and she she was helping me because I find out. I mean, this, oh, this is so sad that I yeah you know, I was in my armor that I had from the last time I played it many years ago, and I didn't. It was no raiding stuff or anything like that. So I but I, I went off and I took my armor all the way back. They've added a feature of the past couple of years where you can basically reskin your armor to look like any of your older sets. And I went off and reskinned it to like the very, very first raid set that you could actually get, just because I'm kind of that old. Huh. It sounds as if you're looking forward to vanilla WoW, but I think well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> There's another vanilla WoW. Is it, isn't aren't they yeah. putting an old version of that of WoW back on, up on the it's service? Probably not called vanilla, but it's the um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the they're they're rele- they're re-releasing as a separate game the the original build of World of Warcraft pre-cataclysm, okay, or, or cataclysm, or whatever it's called. WoW Classic or Classic that's WoW or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's right. what it used to be decent. Hmm. Yep. And uh, before we'll move on, before someone mentions Star Wars Galaxies, okay, uh, <laughs> Commander That's actually Severine. the game that I jumped out of to, wow to play. Hi, Commander hi. Severine, uh, how have you been? Ah, um, embroiled in real life for ages. So shit. Real life is so shit. <laughs> so you haven't really had a chance to do any, any game stuff or anything like that? I right? have a bit. I have a bit. Um, I was at a wedding at the weekend. Um which are, um, I really don't like weddings. I really just, I really don't like them. Um, like all the nuts. Cancel your wedding things. and come to LaveCon instead. Shh. <laughs> 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 I hope um, that wasn't on speakers. No, no, it wasn't. I've, I've migrated to, heads, to, to headphones. Don't worry. The Suvet is in the other room playing either Breath of the Wild or Pokemon on the Switch. So hopefully. Yes, I, I've come to the conclusion <laughs> that when this lot are around, having speak, having headphones instead of speakers is essential. 
Yeah, I reckon I'd have probably been arrested already, thanks to Ben, if it wasn't for headphones. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, the weekend was um, was was really irritatingly awful. Um, but apart from that, I've been. Um, uh, we've got a fa- Sagittarius. I have a faction in game now, so I've been um, running missions for them, which has been super fun. And I've been doing. Um, you guys might have come across these, but I've discovered a new type of mission called a. Um, I think it's called a commercial data acquisition mission. And it's um, basically you have to go to a planetary base, not one of the landable ones, like a, one of the military installations, and infiltrate it in your SRV, and then scan a thing, um, and then get out of there while the sirens are blaring and everybody's firing at you. And it, they are so good. They're so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. Those, those bases are so much better than they used to be. Um, so I've been doing loads of those, and it's been really, really, really fun. It's funny that you should mention weddings, uh, so I do think sometimes you sound like the Hugh Grant character from Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> Not the first I, person who's ever said that to me. I, um, yes, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Moving on, shall we? Moving on. <laughs> Commander Shan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Peace has now broken out in the Shan household, now that... Uh, Christie's fill your house for free is finished. <laughs> <laughs> I am never, I am banning that from Netflix. <laughs> Can you so, hate it from some of my wife's account, please? So yeah, so we we reached somewhat of a status quo. Um, in game, I made my way to waypoint nine today, so I having a scoot around there to see what I can see, waiting for the next release of Waypoints next week. It's been quite a quick trip this week, I think. There was no messing around with neutron stars and stuff like that this week, so it's a nice little joint out. Um, I was going to say about the, 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 your weddings, too. Are, are we going to petition Frontier to have a wedding barge in Lave for you? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Yes, I'm going to stand there in full flight suit and say... Um, I don't know if I can go through with it. I haven't even read my um, written my vows yet. Well, as um, as Commander Sarian did has just said in Twitch chat, you could have changed your venue to have it at Lavecon, <laughs> uh, and then and then pray your future wife doesn't have the same fate as the first wedding that was held at the Sedgwick Hall Hotel. What was what was the fate of the first wedding? Okay, uh, is this is this really appropriate listening? <laughs> is, what was it? Say? Okay, so bad things then. Okay, that's fine. It, it involved Void Sun. Shall we? Shall we leave it at that? Uh, he's a, a long time listener no. friend. No, 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 no. You cannot leave oh, it at that because it's going to make it sound <laughs> like Void Sun did something really inappropriate with somebody's to wife the on their wedding day, and that's not what happened. What happened Sorry, was, right. it was his wife, wasn't it? the wedding party came in and they were loud and leery and ended up getting into a brawl which the elite commanders all had to rush in to pull them apart. Some of them got a little bit bumped and bruised. Um, I think it was um, Andrew, wasn't it, Andrew Sayer, who had a bit of a... He got caught uh, a little bit of the brunt of a drunken wedding party uh, fighter falling backwards and bumping into him. And then, uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in the hotel, there is a stark naked bride wandering the halls, pissed as a fart, not knowing what to do, where to go, 
being picked up by uh, Void Son's wife, who then took her in and, and, and made sure that she was okay until they arranged to get a key for her room and made sure that her dignity was upheld. Because bloody hell, we've all done that, haven't we? Or is it the best of it? Just no, me. No, I haven't. <laughs> So I think you should uh, suggest it to the sous vet and record the conversation so we can hear it next week. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I've um, so far I've definitely been a minority. I've, I've definitely been a minority shareholder in the uh, in the in the board meetings concerning um, concerning our wedding details. So um, yeah, I shall definitely float it. <laughs> um, Commander Turner, Alec Turner, how are you, and what have you been up to for the last week or so? Hi, I'm good. Um, I haven't been driving around planets, actually. This week, I've mostly been staining treated timber. This oh. is the DIY show, right? Uh, it, it, it appears to have morphed <laughs> into one. It's either, it's either morphed into a DIY show or a Brexit show. I'm not quite sure which, but carry on. Yes. Well, Brexit is DIY, isn't it, at the moment? I'm on trend. Yeah, I've bought this garden shelter, which is sort of treated timber which is moderately expensive, and we're trying to stain it cedar, which is extremely expensive. And it's it's like slatted, so you have to paint the front and the back and the sides of every single damn slat, so it just takes hours and hours. That's my week. That's been the entire week. Wow. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Uh, we also have been joined with us with Commander Zach Till. Um, would you like to uh, quickly jump in and say what you've been up to for the last week or so? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Zach's my brother. My name's Zane. Oh, Thrilled Zane. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's all right. Um, Alec, uh, nice to meet you on uh, voice, by the way. Alec, uh, yeah, you too. Hello. Alec helped us out during uh, the holidays when we had what we called the Holiday Hall, and uh, we repaired a bunch of stuff. And we raised about $1,100 for a really nice charity. So, Yeah, I'm, I represent Operation Ida. Um, we are the folks that uh, do nothing but uh, repair stations that have been attacked by Thargoids. By starting... DIY. Yeah, DIY. Yeah, exactly. Since uh, December 14th of 3303, um, the first attacks in the beginning of the second Thargoid War, which has just been ramping up and up and up, as we've all been aware of, um, we've been repairing stations. And last night, we repaired the, uh, the final station in the Pleiades. The Pleiades is now all clear. At 17 stations, and then another three due to reattacks. So we've repaired 20 stations in the last 15 months, and now we're in the bubble. And uh, I think next week we're going to, uh, me and Commander Ninja are going to be on to talk a little bit more, but uh, we've got some plans and engaging more and more people in groups to uh, basically get the foundation repaired and get more and more of these stations up online. And uh, so that's basically, you know, what I'm about. And again, um, Really happy to be on here. Thank you for asking. Hmm. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and uh, yeah, we appreciate the work in the Pleiades, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so let's see, quickly, as far as I'm concerned, um, I've been discovering the wonders of, of mining void opals because basically I'm broke and I needed some cash and it's, it's earning me lots of money. And the other thing is that I am now... Uh, working on uh, the the next version of the Elite Miniatures game for for ECM, so uh, hopefully I'll have that 
up and running and ready for for people to to have a gander and have a play at when uh, when they come up to Manchester. So, as you can see, a bit of an eventful week all round. It's not been an eventful week for news about the game. In fact, there's even less news than normal because the forums have gone AWOL. Ah, and isn't it wonderful? Yeah, every the level of positivity about the game's shot up through the roof. <laughs> no, I'm having withdrawal symptoms. It's, it you, sort of reminds me years ago, and I'm not sure if people are that old, but do you remember when the fuel strikes were on, like 15 years ago, when oh God, yeah. all the lorry drivers blockaded all the oil terminals, so there was no petrol in the country at all, and everyone like had to walk everywhere. And it was like being transported back to the 1950s because kids were out playing in the, in the middle of the road because no cars dare go because there's no petrol. And it was, yeah, it was really nice. They should have fuel strikes more often, I think, because it was, it would just like walk places. You never know. If we have Brexit, we might have that. <laughs> oh, boy. Can we make it a Brexit free zone just for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> But yes, it's, it's, it's been really nice, actually, not having to feel as though you had to check the forum every half an hour or sooner to see what salt someone had put up and stuff. So I, I wait to see the results eagerly, I think. Yes, I'm kind of hoping something new and spangly. Yes. Uh, by the way, was the Drabbles, was the Drabbles thread saved? Or, or has that gone the way of the dodo? Mm, to be honest, I'm I'm pretty certain that if I was to analyse the forum updates, I would find that basically what they've done is delete me. <laughs> <laughs> is that a subtle hint, Grant, you think? Everything, <laughs> everything I've brought to this community in the forums is no more. It's deleted. So, it is passed on. It is bereft of life. It has gone up and great. joined the choir as best of you. It's like it's like being liberated from potential lawsuits. It's awesome. <laughs> you have the right to be forgotten, and you have been. Yeah, I'm not sure about the Thargoid and Ferdinand's threads either. I think they've gone, and all our multimedia ones have gone. So I think this whole update is basically a, a, a removal of the uh, everything cow. So. They basically have made the forums beef free. Bloody vegans. Oh no, they, 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 made, they made the forums vegan. <sighs> anyway, um, in other news we've got, um, Elite Dangerous is actually nominated for a BAFTA again in the category of Evolving Game. Now, it's up against Destiny 2, Fortnite, Overwatch, Sea of Thieves, and Rainbow Six. Does anybody reckon it stands a chance? It's in pretty. It, it, it's quite unusual company for the game to be in. I think maybe in twenty twenty. Well, certainly the. Yeah, it's it's certainly the oldest game there. I mean, maybe Rainbow Six, but but still, you know, I think. For, go on, Shan. I think it's actually a pretty um, achievement to get nominated in that company, to be honest, especially since the juggernauts that are Fortnite and Overwatch. So mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty good achievement just to be nominated. 
Although I do wonder why it's called an evolving game, because it doesn't evolve on its own. It has intelligent design, we hope, behind it. <sighs> yes, okay. Um, I think I think we know what they mean, really, though, don't we? <laughs> yeah, but I just honestly, I, I mean, even if it doesn't win, I still think it's worth shouting about, because, as you say, it's one of the oldest games there. Yeah, and it's actually a credit to Frontier. I don't know we we maligned them sometimes about the lack of updates and things like that, but they must be doing something right to get nominated. Do we think it's do they, do we think that they've been nominated for how the game has evolved to date or the ongoing commitment to its future evolution? I, I guess the the veiled question there is: Would they have been nominated had they not made the twenty twenty announcement? I think they would have been nominated anyway. Yes, because otherwise Star Citizen would be winning best ball <laughs> game, wouldn't it? <laughs> Technically, though, is Star Citizen a British game now because there's so much work being done over here? Good question. Mm. Anyway, moving on. We don't want to talk about fish tanks. Um, but uh, it, it does seem to be a vol- uh, sort of award season at the moment, because Frontier have just been awarded getting the best of the best business of the year in Cambridge, I believe. Yes, I saw a picture. Win, actually. Yeah, I saw a picture of David Braben um, holding two awards with a bow tie that looked as though it should be twizzling around. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Business Excellence Awards. And, and is that for the for the for the Cambridge area? No, it's not. I think that's UK, if not, it's a, I think it's at least UK wide. Oh. Um, I'm I'm going on to CN Biz Awards, whatever that is. No, well, not, them, I mean, not, not that I'm, I'm I'm wanting to compete or anything. But did I ever say that you know our licensor won the Queen's Award for Best International Trade? I'm just just checking to make sure. Just saying. <laughs> Just checking, eh? I didn't get a fucking trophy. They even get invited to <laughs> to shit. Mind you, then again, they'd have to spend all their time deleting me from their forums. <laughs> I'm not better, bastards. I, I don't think they really want to delete well, Susie's stuff, do they? I think they're probably shooting themselves in the foot a wee bit there. No, no, they were they were they've done brilliantly. I mean, it's just these award ceremonies are are a wonderful way of giving recognition to. You know, market leaders and uh, chasers and stuff, and it's nice to see David Braben and, and Frontier getting the uh, recognition that they they get. You know, the the best um, what was it? The best jumper worn by David Braben <laughs> awards. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah. no, we've not got to put in the the most grotesque bow tie award, have we? Don't forget the tallest dad award. It was a pretty serious award. And we're just making mock of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I certainly I did not mean to imply that it was not a well deserved or a well noted uh, reward at all. I was just I was just being. What's the word? <laughs> I wasn't. Um, you were being grabbed. Del- deleted from the forum. Deleted. That's <laughs> where I was being. See if see if Ventura deletes me from this podcast. This bit here. There's going to be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I am now being um, now being told off for for start knocking Star Citizen 
because they uh, apparently Anne Lee at the end is saying that they've come uh, on a lot. That's alien. alien. Yeah. Is alien? Oh, alien. Yeah, alien has yeah. gone on and changed the name. Uh, talking about um, well, getting in trouble, shouldn't you be putting your kids to sleep, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ominous. It does actually. <laughs> have, you, have you already done that? Have we, got, have, have we got a sort of, I don't know, net nanny all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that you had to put them to bed about quarter to nine. Parenting. Yes, well. <laughs> so, I'm a good parent. I'm responsible, I tell you that. <laughs> yes, says the man who's 200 miles away from his children yes, right at this exactly. moment in time. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's how I'm responsible. You have an entire flat to escape your children. <laughs> <laughs> and they need it. <laughs> so, well, if that's the case, Ben, would you like to take everyone through the forum revamp? I can do that if you want, Colin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, I'm not pointing at a black hole, am I? No. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, yesterday, Brett went off and, well, Brett's the one who's doing it. I think it was it. I think it was Paige actually went off and told us forums are going down, all boom and gloom. But basically, they're going off and they're moving away from one forum system to a apparently better one. Um, and that's a whole lot of stuff they're doing in the background there, which is all fine and dandy. But as we've hinted at already, they're also getting rid of a fair chunk of the forums. Um, so they're getting rid of new games. So what are they? Doing? Here's some of the changes: new game-specific forums allowing you to focus discussions on the game that matters to you. So okay, fine. Uh, Planet Coast is actually joining the Frontier forums rather than being off by themselves. Apparently, they're streamlining forum sections. So I guess that means, they, you know, where you had, like, I don't know, say you had the Xbox section and the PS4 section and the Elite section. You maybe just now have the Elite section, I guess. So basically, they're downsizing. Pretty much. Have, have, have they been Mary What's the Post as well? Marie Condoed, very probably. Yeah, huh. huh. Um, well, they're throwing so- out cow's junk, so. <laughs> um, better searchings, apparently, though so not. We're still not getting proper and, and things like that, apparently. So you're still actually better using Google, according to Brett. Um, there will be a global off-topic area as opposed to various random pieces of off-topic stuff. So I guess we could we could reopen the Thargoid and Fairlands bar grant in the new global off-topic area just to piss Frontier off. Can we, can we, should we do that? <laughs> make it the first post and then yeah, and then leave it. it sticky. <laughs> Exactly. Um, now, they're, as Grant also said, they're getting rid of a whole load of stuff. So they're getting rid of Frontier-specific section of the forums. Ga- games by Frontier Development is going to be one thing instead of loads of different ones. Um, all the older stuff is going to be called other Frontier games. Um, so, yay, I guess. Global off-topic, astronomy and hardware is now in off-topic as well. Support gets its own website rather than filling out a forum post, which I actually, 
I quite like the fact that when you you could go through the forum and have a look at all the bugs. Uh, that's so that, something that, that was a bit... quite useful, yeah, because yeah. you go through that you you'd encounter something and you think, oh, is that is that a bug or is that something else something's else found? And you'd you'd look through the forum and you say, Oh yeah, okay, there it is, and that's the workaround. Yeah. So, I... Have you guys looked at the new bug the the bug spotting forum? Is it out yet? Yeah, the the, the bug fixing forum is out is out already. It's um uh They've had their ticket thing, but that's a separate thing. Well, what's there now is a um, is a is is basically a it's, it, it looks like a duplicate of the forum that we're all familiar with, but it's just for bugs. Okay. And um, and you can and the more people comment on a bug, the the more upvoted it is, and therefore the higher priority it is. It's it's a pretty simple s- system. Like it's so it's, it's not it's like Reddit for bugs. Yeah, it's not immediately. It's not very passable, like P-A-R-S-E. Yes. Um, like if, if you wanted, um, so I, I logged on because I was interested in a specific bug, and it's not—it's no simple thing to to find the bug you're looking for. Um, but the from a developer point of view, the more comments something gets, the higher priority it is 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 brilliant. It just needs to be a little bit easier to for users to find the bug they want. Like it, it kind of needs. It needs more categorization, like yeah, um, like ship bugs go here, and then in that weapon bugs go here, and in that you know heat bugs to do with weapons go here, that sort of thing. So it's easier to logically find your way around. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So you can navigate down and hopefully find stuff. Maybe. Yeah, it. Is, um, I mean, in, in in theory, it's really good um, because the 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 old system of registering tickets and then everybody doing that anonymously and not knowing who else yeah. has done it was was pretty must have been really useless. Oh yeah, um, I mean, well, they had they had you could register tickets, which is what you kind of had to do for anything to do with your account and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then you also had, I went off and I'm having a bug where I fire multi multi lasers and they all come out going off at ninety degrees to the direction of I'm facing at or something, you know, a bug. Yeah, and you had that that was the other place that you had as well. So they they had two places for bug bug reports. Which yeah. I, I always found it was a bit weird. Yeah, uh, Alec, what do you think? Um, um, I just wondered whether everyone thought that upvoting was an entirely great idea. I just think some of the big sort of contentious, massive things that Frontier maybe can never fix will just get upvoted because they're the you know the hot topics that people always want to talk about, and just little bugs that would be really easy to fix will just quietly slip to the bottom. You know, like the thing where your SRV pips get set to. 402 every time you jump back into the ship. Those little things will just disappear, I think, maybe. Yeah, because you can also conceivably get groups of people upvoting bugs because it's the issue they want addressed the most. Yeah, you could game it. If you were were really invested, you could game it. Yeah, it's like the loudest loudest voices are going to get their bugs fixed, but they're not necessarily... Talking about the loudest voices, can I just interrupt and say, hi, Malik. Malik's reading us at the moment. So, hi, all of Malik VR's listeners. How you doing, folks? The, um, uh, it's a good point. That it, it is a little bit tyranny of the, you know, the squeakiest hinge gets the oil, sort of tyranny of the majority. Um, but I guess for an online game, that's kind of, um, it, bugs are a different thing to design. Like, for the, for the design philosophy, it, I, I, it makes more sense for, to be like, okay, well, this, these are our concerns, but ultimately it's your game and you're the ones who designed it and, 
like you know your vision dictates the way it goes but for bugs like the number of people that they inconvenience that that sounds that sounds uh, that sounds the most um rational way to prioritize them to me yeah yeah i think i mean generally you know it's 90 percent good but there's there's just a little downside to it maybe potentially yeah um right uh i think um colin's still putting his children uh to bed or away or whatever he does with them to sleep um, to do sleep. you know what yeah. the new forums will look like will they still have the black and the the white text or the orange and the black do, do we know what the they'll will be dark <laughs> has anybody seen a snapshot of the forum of what the forums will look like I have to admit, I don't. I've not, and I don't. I don't even know if Frontier are, are releasing that information until we we get to go and see it. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think anything's been released yet. No. No. And so do we know if things like our profile will be saved and copied across? You know, like our signature and. I'm sure that will happen. <laughs> no, it won't. It happen. won't. Um, it well, it may not, Sue. Really. Um, your forum signature might be lost. Uh, it depends where you get it from, where they get it from. Um, okay. Apparently, in the old in the old system, it was basically saved as a as an object in the database. Mm. And in the new system, you upload. Sorry, I'm getting technical here. In the new system, you upload your. You can still upload, but it goes up onto the. Um, Amazon Cloud, and it gets stored in an S3. It gets stored in an S3 server on Amazon's cloud software, and then you can reference that in in with the image tags again. But I, your old system, if it's out of the database, it doesn't migrate over. Apparently, hmm. I've heard some of those words before. <laughs> TLDR. I hope you had a copy of your your sig pick. We do. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. jolly good. Well, um, shall we, uh, shall we have a DW2 update quickly? We can do, I can do it. Or do you want to do it, Shan, or anyone else? And the, um, I think Sunday was when everybody, um, set off for, um, was it Waypoint 9 they set off? Yeah, for? we're heading, we're heading off to Waypoint 9. Um, the, the route to Waypoint 9, we were up at the top of the galaxy, which is a really, really pretty place where you're on a, I think it was a tidally locked planet, basically in the valley that looked out over the, over the sun um, just all day long, basically. Nice. Uh, so that looked absolutely awesome. Really, really, really cool screenshots. And it was right at the top of the galaxy. So you come out and get into the dark, and you can just look down upon everything. And that just looked awesome. Um and then, but then to get to waypoint nine, they're actually taking us off on a dog's leg. So you sort of, you're going down back into the into the main area of the galaxy again. So we, I had to do some neutron jumps actually, Chan. Um, but you're going down and then across if you're following where, their recommended route. Yeah, well, where did you start off from? Did you start from the Goliath? Point? I started off from the. I started off from the proper one from. Is it Goliath that we're going to? Uh, Goliath was the the one where you had to use the neutron boost to get there. And get right, back. I, start, I started off from Goliath. I, I went to the real one, as opposed to the the fake one that doesn't need the neutron boost to get there. Um, 
So yeah, I, I was risking it a little bit and doing all that kind of stuff. And I did. I actually had a. I had some brown flight suit moments where my engines actually failed whilst I was doing some neutron jumps. So that was a Ooh. bit. That that was. Hold on, your your thrusters failed, so you dropped out of you dropped into normal space. No, my my frame shift drive failed whilst <laughs> I was in super cruise in a neutron jet cone. Gruesome. Yeah, that was, and then it dropped me out. But it the way it dropped me out. Thank God, or thank Braven, um, if there's a difference. Where I dropped out, I was just outside of the cone's wiggle area. Mm. So I was able to jump off to the next system, and I had I had already I I hadn't gotten boosted, but I was able to jump to another star and pick up another boost, and then go back and reclaim things and get myself back on route. But I don't know what the hell. Well, my engines, my frame shift drive was down to it was only about seventy nine percent. Yeah, it wasn't what I would consider low. Mm. But apparently, they, once you they, they start manu- uh, malfunctioning at below eighty, I believe. Yeah. So basically, I <clears throat> had some bad luck, which doesn't really surprise me very much. <laughs> <laughs> and what does um, um, what does waypoint nine entail? Do we um, know much about it? I've not I've not nosied into it to be honest. I, I like treating these things fairly. You know, it's like okay, go here, and then I just like I'm, I'm following the route. So when I get there, it's a surprise. Yeah, uh, Shan's already arrived, though, so I can yes, go la la la. And it's a really nice point to stop off for the week. Is all, is all I'll say. Spoiler warning: It's really nice. Well, I'm not going to give a description. <laughs> no, I know, for, I know. For Ben, because otherwise you'll get all sulky and salty. So. <laughs> all right. So, as somebody who's been left alive, uh, left behind in the bubble, how far are you? If Beagle Point is all the way, and uh, which I know it is not, it's half, um, and uh, and the bubble is the starting point. How how far are you to, towards? It's a well. I, I don't know where they're going to cross the abyss. I would imagine they'll cross at Roncevaux. So we are about twenty one thousand light years from <laughs> Roncevaux crossing. Right. Okay. And how far is Roncevaux crossing from Beagle Point? In a well, it's it's kind of a dog leg. So, um, back in the day when ships had shorter jump ranges, it was about another twenty five, twenty eight thousand light years across yeah. from Roncevaux to Beagle Point. Um, so, I would estimate we are sixty percent of the way to Beagle Point if that's the route they take in yeah, terms okay. of distance. Mm. Uh, now, now you can just sort of go either straight up or diagonally or in any way you like because the ships have got bigger jump ranges. But if the, if they are going across Rontevo, which would be reasonable because um, 33-ish light years was the minimum they said, and that's what you need to get across Rontevo. So uh, I would imagine that's the way they go. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Jolly good. Yeah, because the Beagle is 65,000-ish light years in a straight line, in a diagonal. Yeah. An actual eighty to 90,000 light year trip because you have to go up and across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, so, well, that's 30% of the, the trip overall then. Yeah. 
Sounds like it. Something like that. Yeah. Because mm. the, the route back is is longer than the route there, isn't it? I'm not well, very it, familiar it, with it. It depends because I don't know whether they are going to give waypoints for the route back, or they're just going to kind of leave you to make your own way back at um, a beagle. You know, okay, thanks, no, bye. The, the way yeah. back is planned. The way the way. Um, I can't remember where I read that, but I know that, um, or it might have been Kai that said, but I, I know that the way back is, um, they have planned it to be a return journey rather than just a, oh, we'll all just leave everybody at Sanctuary Hill or whatever it is. And have had good time with your biscuits. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Cause I was planning on going, going back a different route. I was planning on coming back direct rather than following the fleet back. So it may be the route back is there if you decide to need it rather than as an affordable part of the expedition. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a bit like what they're doing with the, with the Sagittarius A-Star stuff. Yeah, at Sagittarius A-Star, a bunch of commanders did drop out. So it's like, okay, we've gone to Sag A, and now we're flying back to the bubble, and we just drop out of the, out of the expedition there. And I'm sure once we get to Bagel Point, we'll get to bigger points and go, oh my god, there's nothing out there. And then a bunch of other commanders will turn around and just go make a beeline back home. But the rest of the expedition will keep on and keep on following all the pretty and awesome and amazing places that Dr. Kai and Aramis have found for us to give us an exciting route back home rather than just um, rather than just sort of jumping and not and just getting there as quick as you can getting there as quickly as you can. Well, if you want an interesting way back, Ben, I'm sure I can oblige. <laughs> yeah, interesting way back does not involve a laser cannon. <laughs> Is that the Shan Express? No comment. There <laughs> probably is the Shan Express. So, I mean, um, I take it that things have got quieter as far as the... Um, the people that like to interrupt these things. I've not heard anything from those guys for quite a while. Uh, yeah, distant ganks has turned around and gone back. I think splitters. <laughs> also, we have heard rumours that a bunch of them have gone off and they're beelining it, beelining it up to Bagel Point um, in their ganker ships. To you know, to try and get the furthest gank or something like that. Um, so there has been reports that they are heading out there, and if they do, they do, and if they don't, they don't. Well, I don't know if they, if they will get the furthest gank because someone has been killed at Beagle Point already, I believe. Uh, I'm sure a fuel rack got lured out there. Or something. <laughs> well, yeah, that's happened. Actually, well, just another thought about uh, DW two thing. Actually, um, over the weekend it was Doctor Kai's anniversary. And a bunch of commanders went off and put a nice little VR fireworks display on for him, his missus, and his kids. Oh, nice! So they were all in VR in his in his ships. His kids were just watching on the main screen, and a bunch of commanders were doing flybys and things like that at Waypoint Eight, which is just a really nice, you know, just a nice little thing for the guy for Doctor Kai. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So if they all had VR headsets on, I wonder if they had like a little sing song like they would in the car. 
you know, they have just that. imagine imagine kids in the back of the the cobra going, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" Stop the cobra! I need a wee wee. The thrusters on the cobra go round and round, round and round, round. The thrusters on the cobra go round and round all day long. Yeah. Uh, long before someone mentions Tom's the tank engine, right? Okay. <laughs> go up and down. There's, there's things we could do with this, isn't there? <laughs> Is there? I don't think we should. We probably shouldn't, but there are things. I, 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 are you thinking a bunch of us doing the Wayne's World with the Bohemian Rhapsody? You know? <laughs> oh, with, with the R. With Colin in the back going, let me go. <laughs> uh, we have to be wearing the R as well. Right now. <laughs> oh, no, that would be hilarious. I'd love to do that. Yeah, are we yeah. there yet? Next time on Star Trek Online, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek Bridge Crew, everybody will be doing that next, will they? Anyway, yes. move, moving on from, from Distant Worlds 2, we, one of our guests here, uh, that would be a certain Alec Turner, um, has taken us um, on a, a, a race across a planet before, but now you've decided to go around a whole planet. Is this yeah. correct? It is indeed, yes. It's not my first time around a planet. Um, but I think, I think I'm right in saying this is the first time that a mass expedition around a planet has been organised. Uh, unless anyone could correct me, I think this is an elite first, which is quite exciting. So, so um, this is the uh, planetary expedition? It is the first yeah. great planetary expedition. And starts uh, tomorrow night. Okay, so and obviously it's all to do with everybody who's at the buckyball. Um, you've got actually, your own... actually, it's not. It's not really connected. I, I, I'm, oh, I've stolen right. a little. I've stolen a bit of the buckyball website to host our 3D map, but it, it's not really connected. It, it's not a race. Uh, it's it's me, and there's a few other buckyballers involved, but it's not really a buckyball thing. And and the whole point is, while everybody flies from one part of the galaxy to another. You've decided to take one planet and just go around that instead. Yeah, yeah, seems perfectly reasonable. Um, I mean, I yeah. So, I guess the people doing it, or a lot of the people doing it, really like driving the SRV. I think it's yes. a really fun little vehicle, and you know, when it's it's hard to master, but when you can, you, it, it, it's capable of amazing things. And the the planets that we have in this game. Um, you know, you, when you do something like Distant Worlds 2, you're, you're flying past hundreds of thousands of planets, and every single one of those planets, when you get right down on the surface, is amazing. They have, you know, these awesome contours and valleys and vistas and deserts, and, um, and mm. the idea of the expedition is just to really get down amongst that and to really savour and enjoy every, <laughs> every square inch of that terrain. So you enjoy getting in the dirt then, don't you? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, this is around uh, the planet of uh, Kume in the Chai Hercules system? That's correct, yeah. So it's a, um, it's a planet with a, let me see, I've got some stats here. It's a radius of 605 kilometres, which gives it a circumference of... 3,800 kilometers. Um, we've mapped a lot of that surface, so all the guys that are involved, we've got about 60 people involved last time I looked, which is amazing. Gosh. Um, 
So people have spent the last month or so scouring every inch of that planet from their ships and looking for interesting territory, you know, interesting canyons or ravines or features that would be fun to try and get across or drive along. Um, and we've, we've turned that into a route, so we've, we've got ourselves a vaguely uh, circumferential route, but it's a bit of a detour, so we've added about another thousand kilometers to the circumference, so I think we're looking at around 4,800 kilometers for the journey now, which is quite exciting. I do have one important question actually for you about this, Alec. Have you managed to get it mapped? <laughs> uh, do you know, I think, did I even look? I know, I know you haven't stolen it from <laughs> me. Um, I, I think it was already mapped, if I remember rightly. I'm sure I checked. Uh, and yes, do you have, yeah, do you still have a bounty out on Commander Edelweiss? <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> no, all, all is forgiven. He can buy me a drink at LaveCon. <laughs> oh, I'll kill you for free. No need for a bounty. <laughs> <sighs> Might even do it for a Mars bar. <laughs> And the tumbleweeds keep rolling. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, how many people are taking part in the uh, in this little expedition so far? So it, it's crept up. So we currently, I think we just hit 60. So um, those 60. are pretty much all 60. Yeah, so we have, I think we've got 54 PC players and yeah. currently six Xbox players. Um, wow. Which is, so, yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, it I don't started think out... Carry on. on. Well, it started just, out was... as around 10, I think, initially. That, you know, there was a bunch of guys that had already done um, circumnavigations before, and we sort of got together and thought, wouldn't it be fun if we did one together? Um, but, yeah, 60 is pretty cool. I, I, I must say at this point, though, just organizing 60, I, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the organizers of Distant Worlds because you know, organizing 60 players and trying to just make it fun and make sure everyone's in private groups and knows what we're doing is one thing. But to organize an expedition for 10,000, I, I can't imagine how stressful that must be. So, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. They're doing an amazing job. Yeah, apparently um, I'm being called out for calling it Bagel Point. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Bagel Point as well. Don't worry, Carl. I yeah, well, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm, I, I, need, I need some. I'm snacking. <laughs> Bit of a Freudian slip. Yeah, Alien is is definitely suggesting we do need a, a, a bar around the uh, around Sol Four, though. A circumference of Bagel Point would be quite difficult. Yes, that would be very difficult. So, but... I mean. Um, Alec, just just to try and drag this back onto onto point, um, I think that's going to be the, the most. Point. I'll, I'll just I'll, I seem to have some interference in my headphones here. I'll, I'll just mute it. Uh, anyway, the it, have you managed to get that many SRVs in the same instance? Then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So, I mean. It, it, it's really hard to plan this because unlike distant worlds or something like that where you can you can set waypoints way in advance and if people get there early they can go and do other things mm. I don't really know how this is going to work out we're all going to start at the same time more or less but there's a huge difference between the fastest drivers and the slowest drivers you know one guy the guy that's currently um, Turquinif 
my token NFT, who's currently winning on the Pomesh Ridge Challenge, turned up on day one after he'd heard about the expedition and just did a circumnavigation. It took him two and a half hours, which is insane. <laughs> That's I mean, mental. It's insane. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was joking at first, but he's, yeah. Uh, and then other people, I think, might take two months to do it. So I suspect what will happen is that we'll have the launch event tomorrow night, and then people will slowly string themselves out, I think. And what I'm kind of encouraging the guys to do is just to form their own little groups. It's really fun driving with other people, two or three other people. Um, and I think people, I'm hoping people will form natural little groups of other people that play at the same time and drive at roughly the same speed. Um, some of the faster guys, you know, like myself, I'm planning on taking quite a few detours off the main route. Um, the planet's got, I think, 30 geological POIs, so the things that show up when you when you scan it with probes. Excellent. So I'm, I, I'm vaguely... I was originally thinking about visiting them all, but I think that's a bit insane. But I might take some detours and go and visit some more of those. Um, but, yeah, as for SRVs in one instance, I will find out tomorrow night. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I think the most I've ever seen is maybe 20 when we were doing, like, the the Teed Mountain Climb or something. So I, I don't think we'll get 50 in the instance. I think rubber banding and, and you know, Jadder and stuff will just be horrendous, but it'll be fun trying. It's unlike the sorry, un, unlike other community events, there isn't really a way to refuel your SRV if you run out of materials yourself, or is the planet you're chosen got all the materials that people can send to refuel themselves? Um, yeah, it has all the materials. As far as I know, I'm interested to be corrected. As far as I know, every planet has iron and nickel, which you can use for repair synthesis and sulfur and phosphorus for refuel. Um, they might not be in the highest proportions, but I, I think every planet has supplies of those things. Um, sorry, carry on. Sorry. No, I was going to say, sorry, Colin, you were saying I interrupted. We have stocked up, though, incidentally. I mean, there has been quite a lot of preparation. So one of the things I've been advising is for people to stock up. So I've got, uh, I don't know, uh, 200 refuels or something. So, yeah, we'll be fine. It'll be fine. Apparently, the chit, the uh, Twitch chat is now discussing the glory hole that's at Beagle, Beagle Point. Oh, God help us all. I see Commander Wotherspoon. I see Wotherspoon is claiming not every planet. So okay, maybe we're just lucky that this one has all the maps we need. Yes, I mean there is one thing you could try. You could always have a high jump competition if you if you hit a a, a lot of geezers. Yep, we have geezers. Um, we have a few competitions in mind. So. One thing we're going to do tomorrow night when we first get going and we're trying to get people in the instance and stuff is there's a nice little racetrack around Bridge of Town where it starts. So I dare say we'll mess around on that a bit. Um, there's also really close to where we start two quite large mountains. So the other thing we'll probably, some of us will probably get to do tomorrow night is we've got a Twin Peaks challenge to um, get to the top of both of those and get screenshots on top of both of those. Um, there's also another base about halfway around. It's on the other side of the planet from where we start. Um, it's not a landable base. It's uh, so it's called O'Donnell Settlement, 
and that's got a really nice ramp jump. So you can there's a ramp that leads up, and if you if you hit it just right, you can leap across the base and land on a crane. So uh, yeah, lots of oh, and I also I've got a base plan to try and do a hide and seek game there as well. A hide and seek game. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but the the, the idea is that um, you turn off your scanners, so it's not obvious where everyone's SRV is, and then basically. You know, you all meet in the middle, and then the, the, the seeker closes his eyes and counts for two minutes, and everyone drives off in their SRVs and finds places to hide. Um, yeah, what can possibly go wrong? That sounds brilliant. Yeah, the only problem is that o O'Donnell's a bit weird. Um, so sometimes it has a, a um, what do they call it, a security perimeter, and sometimes it doesn't. And I thought it was just a question of having bounties, but like we were there a couple of nights ago, and then it just suddenly decided to turn offensive and, and <laughs> yeah, and chuck us all out, which is why I'm currently, earlier today, somebody pointed out I was the um, number two highest bounty in Chi Hercules, which is a bit embarrassing as the expedition leader. Right. Uh, yeah, so lots of fun in games, hopefully. So it, it's not just going to be straightforward, driving, driving... Driving. There, there, there will be a lot of driving, but it's fun driving. You know, it's it's. I personally, I, I think of it. I'm I, I'm a skier, so I really love just you know going down a mountain and following the terrain and deciding which way I'm going to turn next and where it looks interesting. It's a shame so, you can't appear in front of the SRVs in like a Stig spacesuit and give the uh, contestants a little gold envelope, the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> like the Top Gear challenges. Yeah, yeah, it would be it, good, yeah. It does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? It's a shame we don't have different sorts of SRVs as well. That would make it interesting, you know, if people could outfit their SRVs. In How ways. far can you get an SRV that costs 50 credits to buy or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be like the, uh, you know, it would be more like the wacky races if we could all have customised SLVs. That'd be very funny. Yes, but which one would be Dick Dastardly and which one of you would be Penelope Bistop? <laughs> I'll leave that up to your imagination. It was rhetorical. <laughs> well, we've got so, an Ampion Wob, haven't we? So. While I'm on, actually, if I may, I just wanted to talk a little and mention the mapping as well, which has been really fun. Um because obviously quite early on we started out with well how are we gonna you know we're gonna fly around this planet and spot nice places but how do we how do we record them and how do we visualize it and decide what's a sensible route a line through all these interesting places so initially i don't know if someone can pop this in the in the stream ben have you got the picture of uh, my globe <laughs> maybe not so uh, initially, I bought a polystyrene globe off Amazon, and I started um, sticking drawing pins in that. And then uh, Nick, a guy called Nick Sticks, found this fantastic bit of online free software called Map to Globe, where you can um, create your own little globe, and you can. And then Florinus, another of the guys coming along, did an amazing job of, of actually capturing the images of the planet texture and wrapping it around this globe. So we now have a fully interactive 3D globe that we can plot routes and points on, which has just been amazing. Um, uh, and other people have done incredible things, like Malibu. Okay, um, Malibu's the guy that did the Fuel Rats logo. 
um, on the galaxy, and he's managed to come up with a formula so we can predict the day-night cycles, which are quite complicated, which is amazing. Um, Ack and Bosch, and again, Florinus, they came up with our logo, and people have, you know, scouted the waypoints and named the waypoints and worked out coordinates. So it was just the mapping stage of it has been really good fun. Um, so yeah. Are there any highlights en route, then, that, you know, definite... Not, not, yeah. just, not just some geezers, but this is a real standout point of interest kind of thing. Yeah, there are. I mean, so I'm looking at the map now. Um, so what we found is that at the North Pole, the sun never actually sets, as far as we can tell. So you get really good daylight up at the North Pole. The South Pole, on the other hand, is... Uh, I'm just going to get bleak. It's all dark bleak. all the time. It's bleak as fuck. <laughs> it really is. Um, so a lot of the, you, you can almost see on the route, I don't know if you've got the map, but there's a stretch from Naga Canyon to the South Pole, which we pretty much haven't mapped because it was just so dark. We're not quite sure what awaits us there. So it's, it, there'll be a lot of changes. Um, there are some real high, highlights. I mean, there's a place uh, before we get to the North Pole called Blue Cliff Valley, and then it moves into Blue Vein Valley, and it, it's just so beautiful. Um, I think I've got a video somewhere of me driving along that bit, but it's lovely. Um, and then right up at the North Pole, there's this amazing contrast between this sort of bright, rocky red desert and the ice. And there's a mountain on each. So we have a we have the fire and ice mountains, and we'll probably do another sort of Twin Peaks challenge up there. But, so that's spectacular. Um, the other thing I didn't say as well is that the the moon orbits really closely to its parent Earth-like. So that Earth-like is, is sort of peaking over the horizon most of the time, and, and that's that's really spectacular as well. And we've got other little things. So we've got, like, uh, there's a nice little bat, um, uh, ravine we have to cross that goes directly across our path that's sort of jumpable. So I can't remember. Where is that we've caught? I'm just looking on the map trying to find that, but we've called that Knievel's Jump. So that should be quite fun. We've got a massive crater, grim-faced crater. Lots, lots, lots of good stuff to see. Um, was the um, was the uh, the planet chosen? Was it the clear standout choice, or was there a was there a really tight shortlist? Um, that was quite funny, actually. We had a month of scouting for planets. So before the month of scouting for this planet, we had a month month of trying to find our planet, um, and we had sort of. You know, we didn't want it to be too big or too small. We wanted it to be relatively low G because it just makes driving the SRV kind of fun and able to cross distances better. Um, we wanted nice lighting. You don't want to do something like this and discover you're spending 90% in the dark. Nice views, interesting terrain, you know, all sorts of criteria. So we have a spreadsheet of that and we narrowed it down. I think we ended up with 25 candidates, including places like Titori and MCC 460, which is really nice, and 25 new to Draconis, which is really nice. Um, and then I kept flying backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and trying to give them scores out of 10, and I just couldn't decide which one. And then completely by coincidence, I just saw this screenshot of um, Kume on Facebook. I wish I knew who posted it. I don't know who posted it. It was random. I think it might have been one of the SPVFI guys. And I just thought, wow, that, that's it. And then I went, and it was perfect. You know, it was low G, and it's got two bases, and it's got 30 geologicals. And, yeah, oh, perfect. nice. Um, so it was coincidence, really. After all our scouting, all our effort scouting, it was complete blue.
It's, uh, it's, I'm looking at the map now, your interactive map. It's just phenomenal. It's really, really awesome. Um, it's, it's the thing of beauty, isn't it? I, I think Florinus has done an incredible job putting that yeah. texture on it. Brilliant. Um, I, I'm, I'm down to take part and want to take part, but I'm probably, um, but I, I'm, most of my playtime is during the day rather than in the evenings, UK. Um, is there going to be, uh, will I miss out on social stuff? Um, or is there, uh, or are we planning meetups at sort of lots of different times of day and during the times in the week? Yeah. Okay. So like I said, we're feeling our way with this a little bit because I don't quite know how it's going to work as the group spreads itself out. So I have no definite times for meetups yet. My plan is to let the first few days sort of roll and see how far people get and how far people spread out and then base estimates on that. And then what I'll try and do is plan ahead and say, okay, it looks like most people could get to, say, Blue Cliff Valley by the weekend. So let's do a meetup on Saturday afternoon. But I think it'll be very organic. I think, um, as I said before, I'm hoping people will find their own little groups, either through Discord or just through in-game chat yeah. um, and, and meet up with other people. So we will have a few. I think we'll definitely try and have a meetup at the North Pole and a meetup at the South Pole. Um, there should always be, you know, give or take somebody around to, to drive with, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, well, well, thanks, uh, Alec Turner, for bringing this to uh, our attention. And uh, we hope that uh, it all goes well. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, feel free if, if you want to stick around for uh, to join in for the rest of the show um, as we discuss a few things. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Commander Psycho could we please take a break? On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. No, no, no. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful your engines speedier and your gas tank really really big what do you want i want fish wait what that's right fish carp char chub jack loach Crabby, Muckabee, Prickleback, Soul, Snook, Snake, Tang, Wahoo, Wabagum, Banjo, Banga, Snook, Soul, Shad, Scat, Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, Nibblefish, Northern Squad, Hooma, Hooma, Nooka, Nooka, Wapa, Wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. 
visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> and welcome back. Um, what we're going to do now is we have... We've also been joined by uh, Commander Thane, that's Chris Jarvis, uh, for... Because um, we haven't seen him for quite a while. So, Chris... We normally do the, the roundabout of what you've been doing for the last week. What have you been doing for the last six months? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I've genuinely no idea. Um, I moved house, uh, which is obviously a big thing. And why, you know, I, can't, I tried to do a stream the other day for my backers and, and nothing was working. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just mad. I couldn't get the camera working. I couldn't get the microphone working. Um, OBS opened on a Windows screen that I don't have. Um, which I can, I can tell you why that's, that's going to happen because actually it'll, it'll give you a bit of an insight into what's happening with escape velocity. But I'm here to talk about escape velocity. Um, so yeah, what I've been doing is just trying to get my, get my act together, really. Um, yeah, just that. That's really been the last six months, just trying to get my act together. Fair enough. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be pleased to know the bathroom's still not done. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. You can uh, when 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 it's finally done, you can decorate it with Escape Velocity Series Four uh, posters or something. <laughs> so yes. um, we'll be coming to Escape Velocity in a bit. Uh, yes. We've just got a couple of a couple of things to uh, to quickly touch on. So um, first off, um, we've had uh, people have been sending us links to Ghost Giraffe's video of the Let's Jump Together song that we featured last week. Um, Ghost Giraffe obviously uh, has heard the the, fame, the same song and has put together a, a quite a lot of nice footage from yes. uh, the from the Distance World Exposition, which, Expedition, which matches it. Um, so I, I'd, I'd give this one 7 out of 10. I thought it was really good. What, or actually 8 out of 10. Um, what does everybody else think? I have to admit, I've been playing it just in my normal rotation of music. I love that song. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah, I really, I just, I don't know, I just, I really like that song. Just, I sort of, it's caught me a wee bit. <laughs> I keep thinking of it as, um, I, I always think of it as the title as Let's Hug Each Other. Just because it's so, it's so like, uh, incredibly positive and happy and, friendly um it's 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 quite it's a really good song um but the title is like it, it sounds like a parody of itself just by the title yeah i mean for those of you who are not aware of this it's a song called let's jump together by uh, tom cook um or to was it tox tocoso tocoso yeah 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 and first attempt hey <laughs> anyway um so uh, he's he's worked on this this uh this song uh, he's got his uh, his daughter uh, singing on it and i think everybody has really it's sort of it's been a really good reception uh for it so much so that ghost giraffe has created a video around it we'll of course include the link to the video in the show notes so if anybody uh wants to go and see it uh, i would recommend it and it really i think it really captures a lot of the uh the good community spirit that happens around Distance Worlds 2. It really does. If I remember correctly, it's actually 
they've gone off and taken every single jump for every uh, mass jump that they've done in Waypoint in leaving Distant Worlds 2 so far and put them all together and loads of other footage like that but it, so it's not just a bunch of random jumps that they've definitely gotten every single mass jump that's taken place that's awesome which yeah he's on he went off and the he ghost giraffe went off and got in touch with a load of commanders who he knew had been filming the mass jumps to gather the footage for him and, and then he went off and collated it all in together and has just you know turned it into an awesome video which yeah, I know Grant, I've not said this, but can we play that at the end of the song, Grant? At the end of the show, Grant, because I like it. Was that before or after the most excellent news by Commander Pete Witherspoon? Either or. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm just getting... <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a tiny little clip of it there. <laughs> well, um, in other news, um, another community news, uh, well, we had... Um, Commander Zane on earlier. Uh, I'm afraid he's had to go, um, but he. We were hoping to talk to him about uh, Operation IDA, uh, who which has managed to finally complete its repairs in the Pleiades. Are now moving on to the central bubble to start repairing stations there. Um, seeing the amount of stations that they've got to repair, I think they've got their work cut out for them at the moment. We've had we've had a slightly better week this week than uh than the last few weeks so that three uh three systems last time i checked have been completely cleared of incursion um which is a lot better than the big fat zero um of the previous like three weeks yeah so um so i I don't think it's quite as terrible as it was a couple of weeks ago when people were like well we literally cannot affect any change at all Mm. There have been rumours that actually the um, the scouts and the interceptors are now being counted differently for um, uh, in in dealing with uh, you know, in, incursions and infestations. I mean, has there and been has anybody been able to confirm that? I haven't heard that. Sounds worthwhile though, definitely. Hmm. Uh, Well, that's something for the Anti-Xeno League to... I I do know the Anti-Xeno League and Canon are looking into different ways to to try and block Thargoda tanks at the moment, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Have you you heard about the uh, Indy... What's it called? Indy Bourbon or Indy... No, Operation Indy Croft, where um, putting uh, putting Guardian stuff into stations to to inoculate them against attack. I thought it was meta-alloys. No, I think it's... um, I think it's I, Canon. I, th- I think it's Canon. Um, have have started something called Operation Indie Croft. I don't know where the name comes from. Um, which is uh, the idea is that Thargoids don't like Guardian stuff. So if players can get like you know anacondas full of Guardian artifacts like relics and orbs and things, and then sell them into stations, uh, the idea is that they can kind of inoculate them against Thargoid attack. We spoke about this last week, didn't we? We we spoke about something similar because I thought it was meta alloys that we were using in defence, but that seemed to have been that's been seems to have been changed to these guardian things. Now this was guardian one was theory it? being that guardian that thargoids are averse to guardian tech, um, but of course it could the opposite could be true because guardian tech might thargoids annoyed, so you actually might be painting a big red target. That was was it. Yeah, so you're hoping that they'd attack one big station and leave the other stations alone. 
Well, yes, you could have a decoy station, couldn't you? You could just kind of always direct them towards one station. Can we direct them to Hustle Orbital? <laughs> or Slough? Oh, Slough. Send them to Slough. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. Alec, have you, uh, have you seen this? I sort of. I had a question, actually. I wondered if anyone knew this thing of putting Guardian tech into stations to sort of inoculate them. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know, is this, is this role-play or does this actually work? We well, see, this, this is the thing, because I think Canon, bless them, haven't done enough tin foil hat uh, research lately, and I think they were getting the itch. <laughs> so, um, I think I think it's a mix, it's kind of a mix of both. Like I think the, the the idea is that we've had several hints that there are more ways than just shooting to, um, uh, to discourage. Like, yeah, to discourage thargoid attacks, and the idea is to box off all the possibilities of what those might be. So the answer to that question, Alec, is I think it's somewhere in between role play okay. and, um, cool. and like a, a, a tried and tested mechanic. I think I think it's just like right. What are all the potential ways that we could inter- that we could interact with the Thargoids and their targets? And let's just try all the options. I, I guess the whole thing where you put Guardian Tech in the Thargoid machine and it kind of go, goes nuts. Um, it would be nice if that was more than just a little Easter egg. If that was a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, it it does have a historical. Um, it does have a. It does have a historical. Uh, sort of ramification, like it, it's sort of explained by the law, I guess. But um, in in the same way that the if you interact with the anomalies in space, it gives you a new law entry. Um, so I suppose there is like a wider effect than that. But it doesn't have. It, it would be really cool if if um, if if doing that would like I don't know discourage Thargoids from hyperdicting you in the future, for example, because they were scared of you or something like that. Yeah. Well, at the moment, the IDA are trying to fix, I think, according to their their latest spreadsheet, uh, the Levy Siviata dock in HIP 21167, um, and Brill Station in Carino uh, is under repair by the Hutton Orbital Truckers, uh, with Hotbox helping them out as well. So, um, yes, they've been doing it for 18 months according to uh, the stuff on uh, their Discord at the moment. And, you know, I think for any group of players to stay this dedicated for that long, oh, you've got to, you've got to tip your hat towards, the, towards them. 18 months is a ridiculously long time. <laughs> that's longer than the live. That's, that's longer than most people play most games. I know, and they've been hauling and hauling and hauling. <laughs> I just uh we we salute you 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 truckers you <laughs> <laughs> just mental <laughs> how's often very true so um at this point we'll bring in Mr Jarvis now I must admit, thank you very much. I, I got uh, an escape velocity um uh, credit card the other day. <laughs> yeah, we, we offer those to all of our best customers. Yes. Uh, uh, so obviously, Escape Velocity is uh, is on the go again. Would you like to bring everybody up to date? 
Yeah, so I mean, I talked previously, um, I say previously, I talked a really long time ago uh, about how series one and two of Escape Velocity were produced before Elite Dangerous was even out. Um, so we didn't really have an idea of what the game would look like or more importantly sound like. Um, so it always bothered me that series one and two of Escape Velocity didn't really sound like Elite Dangerous. Um, and thanks to my my lovely patrons over at patreon.com, um, I've, I've been in a process of remixing those episodes with the full soundscape from the game uh, and with obviously the full library of Alan's amazing music that he'd written for me over time. Uh, and really producing, you know, it sounds a bit George Lucasy, but really, really producing the series the way I wanted it to sound all along. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm coming on today because I'm, I'm at the point now where series, the Series 1 remix has been completely finished uh, and we are barreling into Series 2 remix. Um, so yeah, I really just wanted to come on and talk to people about it because, I mean, I, I haven't talked to you guys about it for ages and I mean, who knows, your listenership may have entirely recycled <laughs> in the years since maybe I'm talking about something that nobody knows about. Does, does anyone <laughs> even know what Escape Velocity is? Uh, I'm I'm an idiot savant, uh, so I don't. I've heard of it a lot, but haven't uh, listened to it. Can you uh, can you give me a complete noob introduction? Excellent. So uh, S- settle it- in, everyone. Settle in. Yeah. <laughs> Colin's like fucking yeah. Subarine. <laughs> Once upon a time, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, Escape Velocity was a a full cast audio drama that I started as a podcast before the game came out, before any of the fiction came out. There was a kind of, in fact, it was only about, it was only about two or three months after we started Lave Radio. Um, And there was a bit of a kind of vacuum for story content because, um, you know, people were talking about elite law and talking about the fiction that was in development um, and around about the same time, I really wanted to make an audio drama. Um, and I, I just decided that, you know, all those adverts that you listen to on Lave Radio, particularly some of the older ones, having played around with making adverts, um, I just decided, do you know what? I can, I've got the tools to do this. We can do, we can do an elite audio drama. So really just for fun and just as kind of fan fiction, um, we put the audio drama together and it ended up being, probably better than even my expectations of it were. Um, I mean, even recorded on quite primitive equipment and, um, you know, those sorts of things and not having like proper sound effects. Uh, you know, I was really pleased with how it sounded and it seemed to kind of find an audience in the um, Elite Dangerous community. So, I mean, essentially what it is, for those of you you know, still looking for a summary, it's, it's a sci-fi drama serial uh, about an independent commander and his adventures with people that end up on his ship and that he keeps meeting and keep trying to kill him and all these sorts of things. Um, and the, you know, the simple pitch is that it was, it was written off the back of my experiences of being a, a Frontier Elite 2 player and wanting to create a story that I felt was authentic with the Elite gameplay experience. Mm. Um, and that's still very much my kind of touchstone you know, if as I'm producing new content, if I'm if I'm not sure which way to go on a particular story point, my returning point is always, what do you do from the game point of view? You know, what does 
what does how does the game inform this this point in the story yeah. um so that's escape velocity it's a full cast audio drama so it's for those of you that haven't heard any of those you know it's, it's not a narrated audio book it's basically like watching a movie with your eyes closed it's you know it's dialogue it's sound effects it's music the hitchhiker's um, guide to the galaxy radio play yeah if people have heard of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy um or you know or if you've heard of the archers it's like that but with music and spaceships and less did you, chris did you really just say if people have heard of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> no you're <laughs> really? a lot of young people ben yeah. who have not heard a lot of youngsters you'd be do not understand. yeah they do not understand the the joy of having a towel Yes. <laughs> I like Pete Wotherspoon's comment in Twitch chat. I often watch movies with my eyes closed. This is the, <laughs> this is, this is the issue that I have. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. And the thing is, it's, I mean, obviously I'm on here because I really like people to come and sign up for a Patreon, but the podcast is completely free. Um, and if you go to escapevelocity.layradio.com, uh, all the episodes are there. So if you go to series one on that page, what's on there now is all the remixed episodes. Um, so someone um, someone asked a question earlier, please said, made a comment about, please don't do a George Lucas. What, what I haven't done is I haven't added random shit just for the sake of it. Um, I've actually kept... No Gungans. No Gungans. No, there's no random objects like just getting in the way of the picture for no apparently good reason. Um, the things that have changed, series one has been, the music's been redone because the music was, was genuinely terrible. Um, and all the sound effects from the game have been put in. The only, I haven't replaced anyone's performances. The only dialogue which has been replaced uh, is the ship computer, which is now wonderful Verity Croft. Um, and there was one little bit of dialogue, which at the time I bodged because I didn't have an actor to play the part. And now I had an actor to play the part. So I've replaced that bit of dialogue that was actually a computer pretending to be a person. I've replaced that with an actual person. Um, and series two is, is, is even more straightforward because, um, there's series two was much better production wise. I have to redo an awful lot less of series two, uh, but obviously it still needs the, the sound effects um, redoing Verity stuff, putting in, uh, and there's a few other things that just need tweaking. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. Excellent. Um, I, I that, believe you've been played on distant radio as well, Chris. I have. Yeah. The guys from distant radio wanted to, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. I feel like serenade isn't quite the right word, but they wanted to have escape velocity playing while people are out in the dark. Um, trying not to freak anybody out, but um, yeah, yeah, lovely. They were they were playing it, um, and actually, I, I did want them to have the remix of um, <laughs> series two as well. But I think they wanted to get on with listening to it, and I I've wasn't heard, quite ready. <laughs> I've heard that apparently they're taking a bit of a hiatus, and they're actually they are they're now playing the H two G two. Uh, radio dramas oh, in lieu brilliant. of escape velocity. <gasps> brilliant. So, all uh, right. I think it was that Friday night they're playing it on. Is that your time slot? I thought it was Sunday. Oh, it might be. But... It, oh, it might be. I, I have. To, I can't remember. And I know it's when I'm not around, which is 
It's fine. I, yeah, no, I just seem to remember. Hey, Grant's got his escape velocity USB oh, card. Grant, Yay. try and open the damn thing. I want to see if Grant can work out how to open it live oh. on, on stream. Oh, no, come no. on, Ben. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, just because you had trouble. There can be no criticism of this this time, because now when I send these out, I send out a little compliment slip with a QR code on it, which has a video on it of me opening one of these cards. Yeah. <laughs> Alec, Alec, Alec is, is too embarrassed to ask this, but he's asking whether it's available on audio cassette or gramophone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're I mean, not going to talk to us now. It's funny. Audio cassette is a is a funny thing. Uh, audio cassettes made this weird comeback. Um, not that I'm planning on doing it anytime soon, but I've got a friend who's into metal, music metal. That is not just you know bits of metal. Um, and uh, there are some metal bands that will only release their albums on audio tape. I think it's a bit of a bit of a hipster thing. Um, but there you go. So anyway, yeah. While Grant is demonstrating the escape velocity USB cards, that's here. Uh, that's kind of what I'm here to promote, really, because the USB cards are for people who support the series via Patreon or via PayPal. Um, so and, and and Grant has supported the series a lot. So I mean, Grant's holding up one USB card. I'm surprised he's not. I'm surprised he's not writhing around on a bed of USB cards. <laughs> He's now um, getting his cards out to show you all. <laughs> Pick a card, any card. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Is this your card? <sighs> I mean, I'm guessing. I'm guessing they're going to be prizes at conventions and things or something at some point. But um, <clears throat> yeah, look at that. Look at the man going. He's making it rain. Um, so yeah, so I haven't actually given anyone a link yet. But if, if anybody would like to support uh, Escape Velocity, um, the the stuff you get for being a patron. Uh, depending on the, the, the support level, is obviously the USB card. There are um, behind-the-scenes stuff, which actually for the, the remixes um, consists of kind of like a director's commentary, which is a bit weird with an audio drama because it's not like a film where you just talk over the top of it and carry on watching it. I have to kind of fade the drama in and out and edit it. Um, but there is basically a full commentary with, with each uh, episode there are kind of digital booklets which are a bit like a cd inlay um which contains stuff like behind the scenes about the series uh and the scripts and stuff like that um so yeah I and mean, someone's asked in twitch what is anything on the card what is on the usb card when you get it is all the stuff that you get as part of your patreon level so if you back at the level where you get the audio extras and the you know the, the commentaries then, then that's what's on the card. You can download them as well. You get links and stuff. Um, Grant at the moment is is now showing off the uh, all the appropriate uh, things you can do with one of these <laughs> cards, including cutting your finger open and teasing cats with them. It is it is like the world's most simple origami puzzle. Um, but Ben well, still had trouble with it. Yeah, but. <laughs> Everyone did when we first started sending them out, and then I then I I, I made a little animating GIF of how to open put it on the QR code, so it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, yeah, yeah, you were saying uh, the the first episode of season two has is that being released now? That's been released to patrons, right? Um, I the patrons always get it delivered nice and timely. 
um, distribution elsewhere is, is when I remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Patreon, uh, Patreon is definitely the way to get things, you know, as quickly as they come out. Um, and for those of you who are interested, that's at uh, patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop. I think yeah. there's a tiny, is there, I think there's a tiny URL. Let me just test because I do like saying tiny URLs out on air. Um, but I can't totally remember what it is. Yes. Oh, no, that's not quite right. Uh, yeah, go to escapevelocity.laveradio.com. There are links. That's, that's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would actually be laveradio.com slash escapevelocity. That, that is also it as well. Oh, they, they both, that's where that goes. Escapevelocity.laveradio.com is a, is a forward. Ah, uh, okay. slash escapevelocity. Cunning. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, if people have missed out on series one and if people to get series one on USB, um, cause I had a bunch of people after series three finished asking for the USB cards later. So I actually produced like a little extra number of them in case people wanted them, you know, coming in late. So if you want to get the series one USB card, um, with, you know, extras on it or stuff, you can do that. Um, you just have to support the series. Uh, if you go to on that escape velocity page, if you click on support, there is a little chart, and you can chuck me money via PayPal, um, and I'll, I'll, you know, it's basically like a late pledge on Kickstarter thing. Um, I will send you really whatever you pledge at. Um, so those those amounts on there are basically for the whole series rather than Patreon, which is like people give money every time I release an episode. This is like the PayPal thing is like a one-off thing for the whole series. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yes, you're, you're making sense. Um, Excellent. Um, and these will probably be available at LaveCon as well, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, they will be. And I'll also have with me at LaveCon, uh, although people can order them online if they want to get them sooner. Um, of course, I did um, Lave Evolution the full cast audio. So if you like Escape Velocity, like the production and the acting and all of that sort of thing, um, Lave Revolution is the full cast version of Alan's book. So it's like Escape Velocity, but it's the Lave Revolution story instead of my story. I've uh, listened to Lave Revolution and it's excellent. Awesome. Really, Thank you really very much. Thank you very much. Uh, that, is, that is also available via links. Um, <laughs> let me think. Let me think. Uh, yeah, if you go to, oh, I'm just giving people too many links. Um, www.radiotheaterworkshop.com is where Lave Revolution is available for sale on USB card if you want it. If you just want to download it and hear it, it's also on that website. You can also get it through Audible or or a bunch of other audiobook distributors, which even I have never heard of. Oh, right. So uh, uh, now this is news to me. You've actually managed oh, yeah. to get things onto Audible. Audible. Yes. Yeah, Audible. I have, I have yes. got it onto Audible. So if you are an Audible customer, you can listen to Lave Revolution at your leisure. Yeah, spend a credit. It's well, worn, well worth your, your free credit, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully I still get royalties for the free credits. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> but, uh, just, sorry, just wondering, Chris, actually, while we're talking about Audible. Yeah, because I know they. Am I right in thinking that they are doing more shorter form content as well on Audible? And I'm just wondering well, if there's room there for Escape Velocity. Well, you know, I mean, obviously Audible asked me what I'm 
they should do. And I told them, no, nothing at all. <laughs> I, I, Audible are very much their own sort of um, slightly bizarre being. Uh, they are producing more full cast audio content. I mean, they did. I mean, Dirk Maggs, has been, who's, a, who's a wonderful guy, um, he did a, an X-Files series with them. And he did the Alien uh, River of Sorrows forecast mm-hmm. audio based on Alien. Um, so yeah, they are they are doing stuff. Um, I think they're not. Yeah, I think Audible aren't, aren't quite sure, you know, where to go with their customer base because I think because Audible has for such a long time been based on long form audio, i.e., someone reading out a book for ten hours. Yeah, the prospect of someone using a credit to download something that's a couple of hours long. I'm not sure they know what they're necessarily getting into with it, uh, but they're but they're doing it. They're doing more uh, audio content stuff, and that's that's great. Um, I mean, I actually went in to Audible via a kind of uh, a self-publishing aggregator of audiobooks, so it was a way for me to kind of evade um, Audible's issue of only wanting to work with certain types of publishers. Uh, I've, I've basically submitted labour through a publisher who then submits the stuff to Audible, kind of. Um, but, I mean, you're asking about Escape Velocity. The answer to that is no, because my licence with Frontier for Escape Velocity doesn't cover that kind of sales relationship. Um, yeah. Which, which is why, you know, which is why I come on here and say things like, please come to Patreon and support it while I'm making it, <laughs> because that's the only way I can afford to do it. Um, yes. <laughs> right. Well, okay. So, uh, oh, uh, Grant is now showing off both uh, the first season and Leave Radio Revolution on on yes, yes, on yes. Twitch chat. So there you <laughs> go. Radio Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> leave yeah. Revolution. Yes, yeah. it feels like it feels like a Leave Radio Revolution at the moment. Yeah, we, we should do a sequel called Leave Radio Revolution. <laughs> Oh, don't um, don't bring up the painful subject of sequels. <laughs> and there may or may not there may or may not be some stuff, Lave Revolution and um uh, Escape Velocity related at Elite Meat. It's not called Elite Meat anymore, but I still call it Elite Meat. Um but it might be dependent on whether I can get there or not, because I may or may not be working that weekend. I'm still not sure. Excellent. Right. Well, um, <laughs> I I think, well, I think we're kind of running a little dry, what with the the lack of news and and, uh, other things that have been happening this week. So has anybody got any any final business that they'd like to discuss before before we end the show tonight? Yes, sign up at Patreon, and as the episodes come out, (laughs) I will deliver them. (laughs) I just thought I'd reiterate that point, because that is, um, do you know what, I forgot one of the other benefits. If people, oh, like hearing me, if people like hearing me talk about uh, Escape Velocity, when I release the episodes to the patrons, I do like a live stream on YouTube, like a private Q&A. Uh, and I kind of hang around in chat and people listen to the episode um, and we were in the chat room. And then afterwards, I go on camera and do a bit of the Q&A about the episode if people have got any questions. Excellent. Oh, well, so, I- yeah, are you still playing Elite Dangerous at the moment or is is that something you've, you're going to have to get back into at some point? Yeah, I'm going to have to get back into it. I've, I mean, I've lost, I've, I've missed out on so many of the updates. I have literally no idea what the game is about at this point. Um, so I kind of need to come back into it. Um, you know, I feel like I've, uh, 
you know, been in a cryopod for 50 years or something. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to figure and, out where we are. And is there any truth to the rumour that um, having discussions with Spider-Man games, they put in the Merlin just for you, uh, only to find out that you were the only one that likes it? <laughs> the day- there definitely does seem to be uh, uh, a feeling that way. I mean, my the way I look at it is I chose the Merlin because I wanted a ship that had that three-wing um, configuration. And now we've kind of got that, um, you know, so I don't know. I still think the Merlin's great. I think it looks great. Uh, I love any kind of aircraft that its wings up when it lands. Um, so if people don't like it, then it can just be, you know, that can be the hipster choice. Imagine the Merlin with like, <laughs> like a roll neck jumper and a bit of a, a pipe and a, and a, and a cam, like a, a Camus book under its arm or something. Like that. So, so basically you're on about, uh, <laughs> it's the equivalent of beard suspenders uh, yeah. and a white shirt is, is basically what we're on about. Very much. The, Mer- the Merlin has a full sleeve and knows how to make amazing cappuccino art. <laughs> well on that note we'll quickly, <laughs> we'll quickly move on um well uh, as we've just mentioned uh LaveCon, which is going to be sponsored by spider-man games this year is happening on the 4th and the 7th of july at the at the shishbrook Hall, uh, Hall Hotel. Try and put my teeth back in. And um, I do believe all the gold tickets have now gone, but there are tickets still available for on the day and uh, I think camping tickets as well. Um, we'll, we'll probably be bringing Karen on sometime in the near future to discuss it. We've got our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight. Uh, uh, go to tv.forthemug.com and radioforthemug.com if you just want the audio. There is also the, um, as, as Chris said, the Elite Meet or ECM as it's now known. Uh, and that will be happening, uh, at the Renaissance Hotel in Manchester on the 20th of April. Tickets are available at uh, elitemeet.info. I think that's the that's the uh, uh, the address. Uh, and of course, we'll give a good shout out to the CQC Discord for the discerning uh, commander who likes a bit of CQC action. Uh, I see on the the Discord itself, there's been a lot of calls for a team deathmatch tonight. That seems to be quite popular. Um, we'll also thank everybody who has uh, joined us in the Twitch chat. Uh, tonight. Thank you for making me feel really bad about Bagel Point and its glory hole. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, after this, we'll be having the Galnet News uh, as read properly with no pronunciation problems whatsoever by the most excellent Peter Wotherspoon. And that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter, and you can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio.
You can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 GMT and is streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Grant, thanks to Ben, thanks to Sol, thanks to Commander Shan, thanks to uh, Alec Turner, uh, also thanks to Chris Jarvis and thanks to Zane Till for joining us this week. And please remember, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life News Digest, 26th of March, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, another pirate in the Rackham ranks. Identity puzzle over a far god survivor. Boring death cultists urged to get on with it. Federation condemns Thargoid fake news. Another pirate in the Rackham ranks. Recently appointed Chief Financial Officer of Rackham Capital Investments, Taja Gavaris, has been declared to be an ex-pirate by the Federal Times. Journalist Brianna Blanco, who revealed the piratical background of Calico Zack Rackham himself, has now revealed that Gavaris headed up a rival pirate organisation and has used blackmail to gain a position within the Rackham organisation. The unexpected and sudden death of previous Chief Financial Officer Aaron Salazar suggests that Gavaris may be making a bid for control of the Rackham Empire by eliminating those faithful to Rackham. The Federal Times expressed its annoyance that the Federal Authority has made no attempt to investigate the alleged criminal backgrounds of key Rackham employees, despite its many lurid and detailed articles on the subject. 
identity puzzle over Far God Survivor. Someone has survived the massacre of a Tain 4C. But the Federal Intelligence Agency is keeping quiet about who it is. The Thargod cult believes that the Thargoids are the angels preceding the coming of their god, the so-called Thargod. To make sure they were fresh and ready to meet their deity, the cult arranged to freeze-dry many of their members with a Thargod intrusion detection system rigged to defrost them all when the Thargod came visiting. Unfortunately, the Thargoids appear to have taken exception to this plan and completely destroyed the two bases on moons of Etain 4. There were believed to be no survivors, but the FIA has been conducting a search for its deep cover agent Nathan Summers, who had infiltrated the cult and whose body has not yet been found. The FIA survey team now says that it's found an intact and functioning cryogenic pod containing one person and has taken it to a medical facility to attempt to revive the occupant, but they claim they're currently unable to name that occupant. The survivor is believed to be one of the following. Thaddeus McRaith, first herald of the second chapter. Vanya Hargrave, third herald of the first chapter. Rubian Delgado, adherent of the seventh chapter. Dr. Hester Dolmain, first witness of the sixth chapter. Keona O'Connor, adherent of the fifth chapter. Nash Severin, second disciple of the fifth chapter. Corinne de la Torre, adherent of the fourth chapter. Noah Whiteleaf, second witness of the first chapter. Or Nathan Summers, adherent of the sixteenth chapter and undercover federal agent. Boring death cultists urged to get on with it. The cultists, children of Tothos, have been urged to get on and blow up Archimbal Terminal, following more than a week of no news from the hijacked station. The initial concept of killing millions of innocent civilians to summon a vengeful deity seemed newsworthy. But as time has dragged on with no developments, news organisations have grown tired of waiting. A journalist on the staff of the Imperial Herald explained that in order to stay in the headlines, cult leader Barnabas Cole should be making demands, setting deadlines and murdering hostages. There's only so much you can do to give the story legs if the cult members won't play ball. She suggested that the cult should hire a media consultant, someone that could get the children of Tothos a top story billing on every news bulletin. Alternatively, she said, just get on and blow up the station. Ideally, time to coincide with the evening news. We'll be right there, ready to cover the coming of Lord Tothis, or failing that, to show the explosion over and over again in slow motion and run some human interest pieces on the victims. Federation condemns Thargoid fake news. Reports from allegedly trustworthy sources about Thargoid high predictions less than 30 light-years from Seoul have been condemned by the Federation as fake news. 
Commander Factabulous posted on social media that he'd been hyperdicted while attempting to jump to Sol from a system only 27 and a half light years away. He included a photograph allegedly showing the hyperdiction, although experts claim it appears to have been subtly edited and may well have been taken in the Pleiades. The Office of the President emphasises that Sol is entirely safe from Thargoid attack and suggests that the misinformation may have been spread by his enemies in advance of the half-term vote of confidence in the President, which is due in June. It also points out that despite many reports of stations damaged by Thargoids, no stations, not one, have been destroyed. The Thargoids may not be the lethal threat we've all been worrying about. There is no need for federal citizens to worry. President Hudson has everything under control. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.